everybody and welcome to Guys on Gaffer. My name is Joel and I'm joined by Abhishek and David for a championship episode. It's our first longer form kind of championship episode since the season got underway. Um, so we've got quite a lot to talk about, kind of taking stock and looking at what's been going on in the first four game weeks. How are you both doing? Yeah, doing fine. Uh, first of all, good morning to you and afternoon to all my Asian listeners. Who are listening to <laughs> it's for a change we are doing at a normal time for me. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's good. Uh, and a nice, uh, the season has started nicely. So yeah, happy days. The joys of bank holidays in the UK. <laughs> meaning that I'm not working right now <laughs> and Abhishek isn't recording at midnight. <laughs> so it was always nice to have to get up early on the bank all day, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We totally started on time. We totally started on time. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> How are you, David? Yeah, I'm good. My voice just like went now, so I'll just drink some water, but you can start talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, David is fine. David is no. I, I, I can't answer answer it for you, David. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to tell us. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I um, I'm looking forward to having a pod all three together again. <laughs> That's yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. So we had the Super it. League one, didn't we? But not not since then. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in by looking at how we got on in game week four and also game week three. Um, so, David, um, your Game Week 3 team is up. Um, the reason we are bringing up Game Week 3 um, is just because David played a boost, so it'd be good to cover that off. Um, yeah, how have you been getting on in Game Weeks 3 and 4, David? How's your start of the season gone? I think it's gone, like, okay, but I think it's a bit inflated because I've played two boosts. Uh, so, in Game Week 3, I played Midfield Animals, <laughs> uh, which looked very bad until the last game when Sara and Ro got some points. So it was a okay uh, result, I guess, but game week two, ranked 242 on the boost with 83 points isn't, isn't the best. And also Ashby on the bench, but yeah. I, I should just like stop saying uh, players on the bench because they, I always have them, so like, no one's surprised. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> It's uh yeah I think someone will get better midfield than most but I'm at least happy that I didn't get all blanks because that was like a real possibility at some point during during the week so yeah I'll take it I guess um and yeah gaming four which was this one I played triple triple and <laughs> I'll I'll be honest with you guys I um. The reason I played this piece is I, I'm such a sheep. I just like saw people thinking about it and just like, yeah, okay, yeah. I can just join in, I guess. <laughs> so that's probably why it doesn't hasn't worked out that well, apart from Armstrong getting a, a, a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just Bray Hall getting two bonus, Sarah getting nothing, uh, and Rogue getting 14. So, <clears throat> yeah, no, I think. I probably will go down in rank some weeks during the upcoming uh, <laughs> games, but yeah, at the moment I'm overall rank 45, but I think that will drop. But who knows? Maybe people play it in a different week, and it's not not good as well because on the paper this those these fixtures this week was very good. So yeah, could have been worse, could have been better, but yeah. 
I think that's it. Still, it's a strong start. Yeah, I kept Perot though. That's what I'm happy with. I'm mm. happy with keeping Perot when they get go to the went to Leeds and Manning. So yeah, nice. And obviously Bro, the hero. When I finally started him, he kept going. That was like the one where I had. But yeah, he's yeah. legend. Nice. Very good, very good. Yeah, it's a strong start. Um, we'll see, as the cliche goes, we'll see where our ranks are after game week 15 <laughs> when uh, all the boosts have been played from the first set. But, like, honestly, like, 45 is obviously a good start. It's a very good start. Um, even playing two boosts, so it's it's good. It's very... I'd be positive where you are, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Abhishek. Game with three did not play a boost, but scored 60 points, which I think it's okay uh, on the outset. But on game with three, I had uh, I still had Nisbet, uh, which uh, in game week four you we will not be able to see. But I still owned Nisbet. I was frustrated with him <laughs> for it's for a change, and I did, took him out this week. Uh, coming on game week four, I think game week four it's a reasonable game week for me because I got 79 points in the end. Uh, got returns from Piro with his new club, Sergeant Broadhead, my man Matt Mats of Preston Manning finally showed up uh, uh, in his while he like he was at Swansea. So those four are my main contributors. Uh, towards the total points of 79 uh, but from that yeah got um, half clean sheets from ranking Castillo Ingram Mumba and I think Davis also got a half clean sheet I may be mistaken no Davis did not got a half clean sheet that's bonus I think I guess yeah it was bonus interesting they concede four okay. goals but still get yeah, three bonus <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's like, then, how's that the thing like yeah he's considered four goals but look good doing it like <laughs> well, how do you get yeah. bonus from that well you we're gonna do the yeah. bonus section you'll see <laughs> you'll see yeah. you'll see exactly okay, what fine, that's, fine, fine. That's, uh, yeah it's not vibes, David. It's done on stats. Sorry, sorry, Carry on. Yeah, no, yeah. So 79 points fished, put me a game week rank of 610. So my overall boosted up to 812. So I finally broken into the top 1k. So that's nice. But there are some issues with my team because Stella has left the club. So, uh, and Sergeant is also injured. So, I need some decisions to make now looking at my team. But we'll talk about it more when we talk about our team selection. So, yeah, 79 points in the end. So, I'm happy with the start after four game weeks, you can say. Nice, nice. Uh, my team then, so yeah, my game week three was 71 minus eight. So, I took a big old minus eight, which went okay at the time. Like, not great because I sold Yates. Obviously, I've sold Nisbet as well, but kind of game week four, things have kind of redeemed itself a little bit. So my transfer this week was uh, Patrick Roberts, who was injured to row, um, which worked out really well. Glad I finally got him in my team. It feels like, you know, that's going to be a transfer that would be always niggling away um, if I didn't kind of get him. And, and this, yep. honestly, this game week has been my first really positive game week of the season. The first three didn't go very well at all, really. There were a couple of average ones and one like really bad one. 
Um, so like my front three did really well. So obviously keeping Pirro, as as David mentioned, was was really good. Um, I'm really glad I've still got him because um, you know obviously he was very disappointing the first three game weeks, but I think he should do really well in this Leeds team and could well become template very very soon. So you know particularly with the Sheffield Wednesday fixture coming up um, next week, I'm really glad to be on him already. Um, Armstrong captain did all right, and then Broadheads also scored so so got seven from him um manning 13 points ranking costello came off the bench for teller who is another problem to solve this week so won't be rolling the transfer again (laughs) not managed to roll yet so far this season um so yeah that's 84 points my rank was almost hard from 1.3k to 708th um so glad to have a, a good game week under my belt now and hopefully can push on from here um and also pleased to have not played any boosts considering that some boosts have gone not brilliantly for other people um like this week's triple triple and the middle down was last week sorry david i know you played both of those but um yeah like it's um it's good to know that that, that, that kind of i should be able to make up some good ground on when, when i play the boosts so yeah so one of the things i've done this season which i've never done before is like a proper stats spreadsheet that helps me track all the bonus and the underlying numbers and stuff. Which, honestly, like, because obviously I'm not kind of able to watch live championship all the time, is really, really helpful. And also I feel like I properly understand the bonus system for the first time. Um, and I'm actually using using it to my advantage for the first time. So, um, yeah, I've got some stuff from the first four game weeks that i thought it'd be good to share but also i thought it might make it interactive and stuff and ask you guys what you think's going on so i'm going to go by position defenders forwards goalkeepers um and i'm going to ask you basically who who do you think's doing well for all the different categories of bonus so so there's defensive actions so four defensive actions gives you a baseline bonus point um successful dribbles two successful dribbles gives you a point um one per shot on target and one per key pass as well so um those are the four kind of attributes that make up the baseline bonus and then obviously returns get you bonus yellow cards take bonus off but i just want to focus on those four things defensive actions successful dribbles key passes and shots on target because these are really good indicators every single game of of how players are going to do for bonus and then returns you kind of add on top of that um so let's start with defenders um i'm gonna ask you to be honest you're not gonna get this first one but who do you think is the best defender for defensive actions so far this season who has got the most defensive actions good luck because this one's not this one's hard (laughs) the others aren't as hard any guesses Mm, i'll I'll just say something random and hope it sticks then um meg fadson okay i'll be sure yeah, I'm also going with. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot his name. That's Watford guy. White, the Netherlands guy. White. Wesley Hoot. Is he called White? Yeah, Wesley Hoot. Well, I'm going uh, with him. Abhishek, that is a good guess because he's fourth. Um, McFadden isn't on my list. Uh, David, but um, it was a hard one, so I'm not. I would. I don't know who I would have guessed. I don't know who I would have guessed personally. So it's fine. But um, so we've got Sean Hutchinson. Sean Hutchinson is the top on 26 defensive actions so far. 
Um, so that's the Millwall. The Millwall guy. Millwall. That is Millwall, right? <laughs> the Millwall defender. Yep, um, yep. And so if you divide that by four, then that's like roughly equivalent to six baseline bonus points, which is actually a lot. So um, that's that's quite interesting. Um, we've also got Tyler Blackett on 25 and Joe Edwards on 25. And these are players that just would not have been on my radar. Um and then Wesley Hoot is fourth on 23. Um, there's other ones of note. Alif Davis, 22. So he's he's doing well from a defensive actions point of view. And as we'll see, he's, he's kind of good at other... We already know he's good at other stuff anyway. Um, and Ethan Laird has got 22 yeah. defensive actions from just two games. Um, so he what? is <laughs> looking like a bit of a monster. Yeah. Um, and then Ailing has got 21. <laughs> um, so... From a defensive actions point of view, those are kind of the top the top guys at the moment. Um, what about key passes? Which defender do you think is best for key passes? Mm. Key pass. passes. Let's see. I'm looking for a... Um, Stacey. Okay. Have a check. I'm going with the other uh, uh, wing-back pairing, Genolis. No, neither of them have got many key passes. They're not on my list. I've I've kind of picked out the top few on my lists, like 10 or so. Neither of them are on the list. And I'm surprised neither of you said either Leif Davis or Ryan Manning because they're the top two. Um, this is why Leif Davis is so good for good for, for bonus. He has got 16 key passes in four games. That is four key passes per game. That is a lot. And it is why he is so good for bonus. What? So if you don't have Leif Davis, you should have him. Um, Ryan Manning was second on 11. So there's a drop off from 16 to 11 there. Um, so those are the two that clearly lead the way. Uh, Luke Ayling and Jada Silva have got eight each, and then got Callum Doyle and then Stevens yeah. on six, and Ricardo Pereira on yeah, six. I was, yeah, I was thinking about uh, Luke Ayling and uh, Jada Silva because Coventry has been keeping clean sheets. So I kind of predicted that whether he will be, but Norwich are the form team. So I thought they are the high scoring team at the moment so probably their wing backs should have been but it's mm. well it's yeah better to see that they, it's not even yeah. in the top 10 something i'll mention now by the way as well is that how is mumba no uh mumba's not on the list what i will mention though is that i am looking ah. at the um the classified by position the way the site fbref does so it's not doesn't actually perfectly line up with Gaffer. So there will be some earlier on, like in the forward section, there'll be midfielders and stuff. So it's a bit, a bit awkward. But yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, Ampadu is a midfielder on here, um, and he's got twenty three defensive actions. So I should have mentioned him before. Um, but yeah. So for key passes, Davis and Manning lead the way. Ailing and Jada Silva have, have done well as well. Um, so Ailing has has appeared high up on both lists so far because he had twenty one defensive actions. Um, which is interesting because I didn't have him pinned down as someone who's good for bonus. Yes. What about now, successful what about... dribbles then? This is an interest, quite an interesting one. Who do you think might have the most successful dribbles of all the defenders? Has to be Mumba. It's, it has to be Mumba. It's no one else. <laughs> that was what was I was going to say as well, but uh, yeah. I'll say uh, Davis again. <laughs> I can tell you, it is not Mumba. It is not Mumba. Um, he has got. 
uh, eight successful dribbles, wow. which is good. It's four. It's joint third on the list. Um, so it is a good guess. It is a good guess. Um, so, but top is actually Josh Key. So for those of you who have Josh Key, like I do, that's a source of encouragement. He's got eleven successful dribbles in the first four games, which is quite impressive, really. Um, and then Brad Potts is second, and then Jay De Silva is on nine. And then Jay De Silva is third on eight. And then we've got Kyle Walker-Peters, uh, Ethan Laird, and, and Osman Kakai on seven. Um, so Hoover is on six, and Giannis is on six. So um, those are some of the players who are good for successful dribbles. So Le again, Laird has appeared on the list, and he's only played two games because of injury. Um, so Laird is a monster for defensive actions and for dribbles. So Laird is a really good player for bonus and what that means is if we're going to top everything all together the players this is the order of the top players in terms of baseline bonus points so far um so leaf davis comes out on top with 21 baseline bonus points then callum doyle on 14 along with ryan manning and ailing so they're all on 14 jada silver on 13 and actually cameron pring is on 12 he's kind of appeared around kind of eighth on all the lists i've not mentioned him but cameron pring of bristol city's done quite well uh and then josh key brad potts ender stevens ricardo Pereira on 11 laird on 10 from only two games hoover on 10 so um those are some of the players who've done well for bonus so far wesley hoots also on 10 um, so Callum Doyle has appeared, appeared quite high on that list, which is interesting to me because I've not considered him as an option, but maybe he could be. But I guess the, the real takeaway is Leif Davis is really clear. He's seven clear of second place at the moment. Okay, that's defenders. Midfielders. Uh, I'm going to skip defensive actions because we're not going to pick defensive midfielders, are we? Based off of defensive actions. So And there's no one notable on that list. Um... So let's go to key passes. You should get this. You should. I. Uh, yeah. Who's which midfielder's got the most key passes? You guys should know. That has to be Rory. David. Has to be Rory. I'll just say something different because I think that as well. But Juice Hall. Neither of you got it. Juice Hall is second though, and it's Gabriel Sara. I thought that would be quite obvious but yeah Gabriel Rowe isn't isn't even on the list um, he's not been a key passes guy and he's also obviously been subbed off early a few times so okay. um, so yeah because yeah. obviously Sarah's been doing really well for bonus uh, obviously this week he didn't get anything but in the first three games he he, he did um, so he's had 19 key passes. Dewsbury Hall had 16. Loser 11. So obviously, those of you who've got loser, that that's source of encouragement. And then the guys on 10 are Seri, uh, William Smallbone, who's only played two games as well because of injury. Um, Keshi Anderson and Morgan Rogers. So Morgan Rogers is one to keep an eye on, um, particularly when if Middlesbrough start to improve. And the other one I want to mention is Patino, Charlie Patino of Swansea, has got eight key passes yeah. in only two games. Um, and he's going to be nailed, um, and so he could be very good yeah. for key passes and therefore very good for bonus. Um, uh, Ozan Tufan of Hull, isn't he on the list? No, he's not. He seems to, everything seems to go, go through him, but if Seri is in there, shouldn't have been, well, not for, he Not has for key passes, no. Less, 
Um, a couple of players that appeared in the forwards list who are actually midfielders on the game to mention as well. Wes Burns, 13 key passes. Um, so that's an interesting one from Ipswich. I know a certain someone in one of our group chats has identified Burns as a decent option. Um, yeah, that's why he was excited. Okay, now I get yeah. it. Why he was so excited about Burns. Okay. So that actually puts him third on the list. Um, and then there's also Sorba Thomas, who's got 10. Clark has eight. Um, and Roberts has eight. So they're doing reasonably well for key passes. Um, so that's midfielders for key passes. What about shots on target for midfielders? I'll stick with my premature guess of uh, Fleming. <laughs> yeah, and I think this one, Sarah gets my vote. Sarah? Uh, yeah. No, the answer is Fleming's a good guess. So the top player has six, but and Fleming has four. Um, Sarah does not appear on the list. He is a key pass merchant, but not a shots on target person. What is with me this time? He's got three. To be fair, he's got three shots on target. Uh, the person who's top of the list, you just mentioned him. I've checked. It's Ozan Tufan <laughs> with six. <laughs> oh no, he's not actually top. Wow. Sorry. There's a couple of players in the forwards list. That are actually midfielders that are ahead of two fan. Mavididi, seven. Vidigal, seven. Two, it was on two fan, six. Uh, yeah. So, Juicy Halls had five. Rowe, four. Sinistera, four. Yep. Carlos Alcaraz, three. Gabrosaro, three. Schmodix, three. Um, so. But hang on. Before we move on, uh, did you say that uh, um, Rowe had uh, four shots on target? Yeah. And he has four goals. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, <laughs> clinical. Wow. Okay. Very. <laughs> so we can expect some regression there. But yeah. uh, obviously he's a great option, but probably won't be doing quite as well as he is now. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you think about dribbles? Who's who's particularly good at dribbling? I'm not sure, but I, I'm going to say Frasja Jensen because he seems involved. <laughs> yeah, that would have been my guess, but just for mm. the sake of it, uh, let's go a different one. Uh, let's go with... I don't think Tara will be right. Who is another? I think that's Stoke guy. Pretty good. I think he seems to be really. Yeah, he seems to be a lot of. Neymar esque dribbles, dribbles he got. Wow. So the two that are joint top on 12 successful dribbles are Suriki Dembele and Jack Clark. So we knew Clark was good for bonus already, and that is a big reason as to why he is very good for successful dribbles. Um, Chair has 10, Idozi has 10, um, and Keshi Anderson also has Cheer. 10. <laughs> yeah. Gaffa oh. season has started, we haven't talked about Cheer at all. Mm. Four games has passed. Indeed. That's the first mention we have. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then a few of the notable ones so patrick roberts has nine fleming has eight uh those are the main ones mavadidi seven so that's okay 
So yeah, that's dribbles. And then when you put it all together, Gabriel Sara comes out on top um, with 28 uh, kind of baseline performance points so far. Jusby Hall, 24. And then third on the list is Wes Burns, 22. Um, with Jack Clark, Mavididi and Keshi Anderson all on 18. Um, so those are the top midfielders for bonus at the moment. Fleming's on 15. Roberts is on 15 as well. Um, okay, forwards. I am going to skip defensive actions again. Key passes... I'm just going to tell you, I think, for the sake of moving things on. Broadhead. Nathan Broadhead has eight key yeah, passes. Yeah. Um, so he's particularly good in that in that department. Apart from that, there's no one else that notable. Liam DeLapp has seven, which is interesting. Adam Armstrong has six. Um, and then in yeah, terms of shots on target, what do we reckon? Shots on target. Sergeant, Barnes... You can't say like four. Do have to just... <laughs> have to just one. Uh, let's go with uh, Josh Sargent. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Ugbo from Cardiff because he scores well. Okay, so the winner is Matthew Godden on eight. Interestingly. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Closely Ow. followed by Josh Sargent. So good guess, Abhishek, on six. Along with Morgan Whitaker and Ryan Hardy, the Plymouth forwards, on six as well. Uh, Adam Armstrong's on five. Uh, Nathan Broadhead's on four. So, yeah. Sims is on four. So those are the guys for shots on target. And then dribbles. Um, I will just say, basically, because... Most of them on the list are actually midfielders in the game who I mentioned just before, like Dembele. But Morgan Whitaker has 10 successful dribbles off the forwards. He is top. Um, and Samuel Silvera, is he a forward in the game? Nine. Um, and the rest are all... Sergeant Broadhead have six. So it's mostly mids, but when you put it all together, uh, Whitaker is actually the top striker for bonus at the moment. Um, which is interesting. 18. Broadhead, second on 17. And Sergeant, 15. So, um, yeah. So I guess then when you put all the positions together, you've got Gabriel Sara on top, second, Dewsbury Hall, third, Wes Burns, fourth, Leif Davis, fifth, joint fifth, Keshi Anderson, Jack Clark, Mavididi, and Morgan Whitaker. And then Broadhead was his next. Broadhead, Sam Morsey are next on the list. I mean, so there you go. Should we talk about Norwich? Yeah. So which which of you guys put Norwich high? Was it you, David? Yeah, I put them third, actually. Nice. Or fourth, I think. Fourth. Fourth. Whereas we put them, I put them like 11th and you put them bottom half, didn't you, Abhishek? Um, yeah. And I think there was a lot of negativity surrounding Norwich at the start of the season, but they've started extremely well, extremely well. Um, in terms of in terms of their assets, like Sarah is looking near, Sarah and Rowe, in fact, are looking near essential. Um, with Sarah obviously being top for bonus, as we just talked about, with Rowe being so cheap. Um, in terms of the third option, 
I guess we could talk about that for now. Um, would you would you say? I guess I guess would you pick a would you pick a third? Would you triple up at the moment? Do you think the likes of Adamida or Defender are kind of worth going for, or Ashley Barnes? I mean, I've been thinking about Stacy, but yeah, yeah. I think look if you're tripling up on a defensive, let's say uh, you already own two midfield players, tripling up with if you triple up with Sergeant, then I kind of guess that's okay. But he Sergeant. has now become yeah, uh, but he has now become angel. So that's a weird part. But I don't think uh, getting Stacy or Janolis is the right way to go. I think just keep with Sarah and go with Sarah and Ro and let Sergeant become fit because all you want is the attacking returns. And Norwich defensive assets haven't been producing their attacking returns. I think, uh, I mean, whether in terms of key passes, as you mentioned earlier, key passes, uh, they haven't been, I think, a uh, couple of assets. Assist from Stacy in four games. I think he's got one. Whereas the like yeah. Sarah, yes, but the like Sarah, Sargent, uh, Rowe, Barnes have more goals and assists among them. Uh, Fastnout as well. So I think the point lies, points basically lies uh, in terms of Norwich, uh, especially in the midfield and the forward areas. I don't think I will travel up with a defensive asset. Just travel up with uh, once Sargent gets fit. Uh, yes. Yeah. Any thoughts, David? Um, could be. It could be the time to get one of the other strikers for uh, Norwich when Sargent is injured. Though mm. I don't know if uh, who's going to start of those two, or if they both start. But um, could be something. They're pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Adamida yeah. was the one who came on for Sargent, and I think I think Ida and Barnes probably both start most games. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not interested in Ashley Barnes, but I'm certainly interested in Ida, personally. Um, he is just six and a half, so he's at a nice, a nice price point. I think he's a really good option. Obviously, he got a mega haul at the weekend, um, so I think he's of great interest to me. I think Sergeant would have been he was already of interest to a few people anyway before he got injured. Um, yeah. So if you need a new striker and you need a cheap striker, he, I, I would put him. In and amongst that six six and a half bracket, with the likes of your broadheads and and a couple of others, is kind of the standout one of the the two or three standout options there. Personally, I wouldn't go near, wouldn't go for the defense. I mean, if you have, you know, I wouldn't sell them. But from a defensive standpoint, yeah. they're actually not they don't fare that well when you look at expected goals against. Um, I know they have had to play Southampton, um, which which will have skewed the data somewhat, and obviously diff- fixture difficulty will be skewing the numbers a little bit, but. Um, they're like eighth bottom or something. Looking at the table, like they've they're probably not they're not a go not one to go out and buy. And, and obviously in the bonus section, Stacy didn't come up at all really. Yeah, I think uh, I, I mean uh, yeah, when David Walker was with Huddersfield in Championship, Toffolo did really well. So maybe you can say that Giannoulis might be of some use uh, during the course of the season, but as of now, looking at the attacking talent that Norwich has, I mean, investing in the midfield and the forward areas is the right way to go, rather than spending six, six and a half uh, in defenders. 
I think mm-hmm. you could downgrade and upgrade in the midfield position. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. In terms of like their upcoming fixtures, I think they're all right. They're okay. They are. One second. It's Rotherham next. Yeah. Sorry, it's yeah. taking a bit of time to load. There we go. Rotherham yeah, away, Stoke at home, Leicester at home, Plymouth away. So it's not bad. It's the Leicester game in there. Um, if you okay, here's a question for you. If you don't have Rowe, are you have a check? I guess. Leave it. Get him or leave him. One hundred percent get him. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's really, it's really hard uh, to not get him, and uh, he was going to be my move, but that sergeant injury issues. Uh, issue and getting if idea starts it has made me re- somewhat uh, for the double the doubt in my decision whether to get row now or get in idea idea now but i think i will go with row because the kind of form he is in uh, <laughs> until it fizzes out i need to get those points because he has scored in every week uh, minimum of seven plus points in all the uh, in the past four games. So he's an essential kind of guy as of now, and he plays in the attack. Uh, he plays in the wing alongside like the sergeant and Barnes. So he will get those returns. Mm. So I think yeah, I think ninety percent. Uh, I'm going to get Row now, and ten percent to Ida. May change depending on. What news uh, regarding sergeant injuries come to light uh, in the next few days? I think the thing with Rowe is he's startable. So I was kind of thinking back in yeah. mind, at some point I need to do James to Rowe. And I'm always going to have more important things to do, particularly with the transfer window still open and the issues that we've got. And then so I realised this week with, with Roberts being out injured that because he's startable... Um, I will probably end up upgrading James later, but I, I I needed to transfer out Roberts, and Rowe's probably the best best one to go to. He had a good fixture, um, and let's just yeah. get him in now before he goes up anymore. Um, yeah. So that's kind of why I got him. Um, so like he's startable, but also you know, like I will I will sell James and upgrade him to a different midfielder, and then Rowe will become yeah. like my fifth midfielder eventually. But I- for now. Happy to have him as, as, as in my team. Yeah, and also I think uh, if you look at uh, the next ten fixtures of uh, Norwich, they are they face Leeds and Leicester in uh, in the those uh, within those two ten fixtures, but both of those fixtures are at home. Norwich are at home this season is really looking good. Mm. That so. Yeah. They're gonna be so very much attacking in these home games with the home crowd in in there. So, yeah, I think it's time to invest on in row and like to row Ida if you want. Now is the time, really. Cool. Instead of going defensive, Norwich assets, I think you can go to midfield and forward assets. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts on Norwich? No, I think I've made my thoughts clear. Okay. Let's talk Leeds now. Now, Leeds are very interesting. They obviously have start. They started the season quite poorly, the first two, two or three games. Um, but now, 
players who were refusing to play a couple of weeks ago are now back in the fold. Um, obviously, Everton have kind of ended their pursuit in Nonto. I think the price tag was too much. We've brought in Harrison instead, for example. So I think that that ship has sailed now, and, and that's okay. Um, Sinistera had an issue as well, where I think he was he refused to play, and he's come back in. Um, you've also got uh, Somerville, who's come back from injury, and then they've signed Piro. Um, and all of a sudden, they've gone to Ipswich and they scored four. And they've got some good options in there. Now, um, Pirot is someone who has frustrated so far. Um, but coming into that lead side, if you, if you had him and held him, good job. I think that was definitely the right decision. Um, do you guys think he's going to become a must-have soon in this lead, lead side? Do you think it makes him an even more attractive option than he already was at Swansea? The difference is, is that when uh, Bamford is back, he's going to have competition, I guess. But right now, I think he could be a very good pickup. And the thing is, even though if Bamford gets back, I don't think Biro will be great getting uh, will be dropped. I think uh, he will add Bamford alongside Biro, and that then that four uh, the quadrant of forwards that. Leeds gonna play it's Bamford, Piro, Noto, and Senior Strera. That's good as you're gonna get, in especially in the championship level. Mm. That's really exciting uh, forward four, uh, if you ask me. Um, with the likes of, uh, if you compare with the likes of Leicester, Southampton, Norwich, they they are going to be up there. So when Bamford do comes back, I don't think Piro will get dropped, but. I think he will become a near essential because Piro did not have that much service at Swansea. And look at the numbers he put up there. He's now going to get service from Senior Strera. He's now going to get service from Gnoto. He's now going to get service from Dan James when he comes on. He's now going to get service from the likes of Ampadu and the others. Uh, Eiling can cross. From Byram can cross as well. So he's going to get those chances. Uh, and he bloody knows how to put those chances into the back of the net. So, at 10 million, a leads forward, that's a no-brainer, really, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's an interesting point you make about Bamford, David, but I think he... I, th- I would have thought Bamford would come in for Rutter, who started at the weekend. Um so I, I would have thought it would be Rutter and Perot, and sorry, Bamford and Perot rather than Rutter and Bamford. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, I do think most people are going to be on him soon. I'm just looking at the average positions from the weekend, and Nonto was was right up alongside Perot. He was playing on the right, but he was the furthest for he was almost as far forward as Perot in that game. Um, so Nonto is one to look out for for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I think. The midfielder is going to be difficult to nail down because they are more expensive right now. Um, yep. I have to, to to replace Teller, and with the Sheffield Wednesday fixture, I think I will punt on one. Um, yep. If I was to choose now, maybe Nonto, maybe Nonto, mm-hmm. but I'm not not 100 sure. I think, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to go because it's at home to Sheffield Wednesday. There is really high upside, and I think I think I've got to go for it. Um, so that's my plan. Um, what was interesting? Did you guys see that Cody Drama came on? I guess I'm guessing for an injury. Yeah. 
after like 25 minutes and was off at half time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he made a couple of awful errors, one of which led to a goal, um, to Broadhead's goal, um, which is like a misplaced back pass. That, so that... was he sent back off because he played badly? Yeah, well, it wasn't oh. an injury, so. <laughs> so drama is apparently very out of favour with Daniel Parker. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Rama will be a, I mean, he will be a big part player for Leeds. And he's, if he doesn't go now, then he's definitely going in the January transfer window. Uh, because Park doesn't favor Rama at all. Because, <laughs> albeit mistakes, he needed, you need your, some of the players, managers to trust those players to at mm-hmm. least play that match. But he's so out of favor with him, and with alongside those mistakes, he just hooked him off after what twenty minutes. So, minutes? so he came on. He came on for for Sam Byram after twenty five minutes because Byram got injured, and then yeah. and then he went off at half time for Shackleton. So, so he was put on at left wing back, at left back. Sorry, right. not left wing back. Um, because of the injuries, so he was sort of out of position, not in his most natural position. But yeah, he, he he lasted. He was on on the pitch for twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's clearly saying that he it Park doesn't favor Roma. Yeah. So yeah, I'm stay. I mean, he he would it will be better for him to move elsewhere because mm. if that doesn't ha- happen this window, certainly next window because he's not gonna stay there for long because uh, Park will not pick him. So yeah, I think. Uh, in terms of uh, what you say is the midfield, uh, the points lie on the midfield if you already have Piro, you've already sorted with one Leeds player. So I think, yeah, Noto is the one that really interests me because after he's apologized, after when he apologized to the manager and to the club, I think he is fully, fully focused on getting his uh, numbers up in terms of performance. So that he gets a move, if he gets a move in January, uh, without causing much trouble. So I think he will be much more eager to now to play for Leeds. Iniesta, I have still have doubts because that's a different issue. Whereas uh, Noto has is fully committed to Leeds now, so mm. I think I might go Noto now instead of Iniesta until that window closes. Although it's one game, so I may put my bet. Uh, on that extra point five million on Gnoto than on Sinistrera. Who would you pick out of those two, David? That's because I've got to think about this this week. Um, it depends on what the other transfers I do because uh, I can't. I have two transfers, but uh, so if I just go one move, I can go from Mavididi to Sinistrera in one move. Okay. But, but if I do two, I can like get a. Defender for Castagna, who I still have for some reason, uh, and um, get more money to, to Gnocto. So, and but the problem I have is like I have too many good players, so <laughs> I, I will always get someone that's good on the bench. But I guess that's a luxury problem and not like a. <laughs> I need to like change my thinking about this, I think, because I <laughs> it's better to have a bad, good squad than not having anything, I guess. But. Yeah. But if you take yeah. all of those considerations out of the picture and just like compare Sinister and Nonto in your head, who do you think is the better option for Gaffer? I guess that's what I'm interested to know. Um, probably Nonto. Okay. Okay. 
because the playstore was more forward and it's yeah. not that expensive, I guess, compared to <laughs> what he can de deliver. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I like. I like look at Nantes positioning, but I've just seen that Sinistera had four shots on target and looked like I think he was probably slightly better for bonus. So, okay, yeah, I I'm not sure, but obviously it's very small sample size. So obviously Nanto could do well for bonus over a longer period of time. Um, so we've not really had loads to go on there. Um, so we'll see. Cool, that's Leeds. Uh, what next? What should we talk about next? The promoted teams? Mm. Not Shepherd Wednesday, because there's yeah. nothing relevant from a gaffer point of view, unless you fancy a 4.5 defender playing out of position in Delgado, but they're just a bit yeah. rubbish, aren't they? Um, <laughs> it's fair to say Ipswich have started very, very well. Um, obviously, three wins and a defeat. Um, they gave it a good go against Leeds. And Leif Davis is essential if you don't have him already. Um, but let's talk about the attackers, I guess, because we've got George Hurst, we've got uh, Connor Chaplin, and we've got Nathan Broadhead. If you had to pick the best attacker based off of what we've seen in the first four game weeks, would you? where would you look? I've got Broadhead and I'm happy. It's like super difficult because it's, this is like one of the only only teams that the forwards in Gaff, the Gaffer game three of them play. It's just like we're used to like one of them forwards playing and just the rest of the forwards uh, are mids really. But yeah, you can only choose one. <laughs> I forgot to mention Caden Jackson who started at the weekend as well. <laughs> oh, what really? <laughs> so actually, actually at the weekend it was it was a front four of of Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead, and Jackson. So Hurst didn't start. He might have been injured, actually. Rings a bell. Um, let's see. Yeah, he he wasn't on the bench, Hurst, so I think Hurst was injured. Um, okay. So probably Hurst's first choice, actually. But yeah. I, I guess it's between Chaplin and Brotherhead, then. Do you have any stats on who's like performing the best because they are doing well both, but like who's going to keep it up? <laughs> yeah, okay. In terms of kind of the stats comparing the forwards um if you look at actually the, the player who comes out on top is wes burns now i would have three up switch so i can't go to wes burns um but he's he's got he's really good for expected assists so he's had um per in fact let's not do per 90 minutes let's do total two two expected assists whereas davis has got 1.4 and broadhead 1.1 so far um but obviously Broadhead was the one who came out in the bonus quite a bit along with Burns. So I think it is probably those two. In terms of Chaplin, um he he does come out quite well actually though. Um he's third of so in terms of expected returns. So we've got two point seven expected returns for Wes Burns, two point one for Broadhead, two for Chaplin, one point six for Leaf Davis. So Chaplin's a good option. Um but I think for me, of the forwards, it's Broadhead and Burns is a good option in the midfield. Um, yeah. I think that's what I would say anyway. So it looks like the likes of Hurst. Um, I mean, Hurst comes out all right in the data, to be fair, because obviously he's had fewer minutes. But I think... 
as does Jackson. Ja- I mean, Jackson, Jackson and Hurst both both come out well in the in the data, but they've got a, a smaller sample size because they've played fewer minutes. So I'd monitor them. I, mean, I wouldn't ignore Jackson and Hurst. I'd just monitor them, particularly Hurst, assuming he's first choice, and see how he does. But yeah, for now it's brought in. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, my pick will be still to go broadhead first, and then I still stick out for Chaplin, I guess. Although uh, Burns has a higher expected assist, uh, the he's higher on the expected assist column. But I think uh, if you have uh, other six million players like Preston's Mads is doing well, so if you really want to invest on a six million midfielder from Ipswich, I think it can say that yeah, Barnes is getting onto those attacking positions really well. But the first name that is going to come up ahead of Barnes to score those goals are going to be Broadhead Chaplin. Yeah, the numbers do favor Burns, but in terms of uh, scoring goals or getting those into people, I mean, maybe he has some bad luck here uh, in uh, getting those positions and not scoring, or when he assisted those goals, it was Mm -hmm. saved by them, saved by the goalkeeper, but he hasn't been putting up those numbers uh, as compared to Chaplin and Broadhead, but yeah, certainly Burns can be an option. But I think my top three three options will still be Davies, Broadhead, and Chaplin. It will be my fourth option. I'm not going anywhere near him, so I'll beat other opinions from the community. Yeah, I would I would say Burns over Chaplin personally because I don't think two Ipswich strikers make sense. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of wanting other strikers. Um, so I would probably say, yeah, Burns, Broadhead, Davis. Um, one other thing to mention, and again, fixture difficulty will have played a part in this, but for those of you who are on the Dieng uh, Ladaki, I've said that wrong, but double up in, in, in goals, um, Middlesbrough are actually looking, have done slightly better from an expected goals conceded point of view. Um, but I, I do think fixture difficulty plays a part in that because obviously you've had to play Sunderland, they've had to play Leeds, Middlesbrough, they've had to play West Brom, but I just I don't think their games have been as hard generally. So I wouldn't put too much stock in that and look at fixture difficulty when, when making the decision. But um, I mean, um, I, I am blocked out of that third Ipswich outfield player at the moment, which I don't love. I'm not in a rush to get Burns or anything, but you know it might be good to get him at some point. Yeah, to be honest, I think personally, I think Dieng is a sell now, even at that price. Look for a better keeper. Ladak is still you can hold him as you mentioned due to fixture difficulties, and Ipswich are looking at better side than Middlesbrough already, because these are the two sides that I tend to keep. A following on because two of my ex-coaches from United are managing those sides. Middlesbrough looking, not looking, that Carabao is not working as of now. And there are too many changes going on in here. Too many new players have come in. And 
they don't look like a settled squad. So if you don't have a don't have to do any move, getting Dieng out might be a good decision after all. I don't know about you guys, but to me, I don't think Dieng. I think it's time for Dieng to go and invest in a better keeper. What do you think, David? I'm not sure it's worth worth a uh, transfer, but if you don't have anything else to do, sure. But I think many when they do with all these injuries and stuff. So I agree. Um, I think I think I, I, there are certainly much better goalkeepers out there. It probably is. If you were to do a wild card team, you would pick maybe a five million keeper or something. Yep. But if I would only make the transfer if I had two free transfers and I didn't want didn't feel any need to sell any other assets in my team. And yeah, it was and like it's burn, burn the transfer or make the keeper transfer. It's like it's not worth making those changes in Gaffer because the ceiling on goalkeepers is really low. Yeah, and people most I've seen either have most have Dieng and one other, so like Ladki or Hazard or something. So you most if <laughs> if I was taking a keeper out, I would not take out Dieng. Would take out Ladki because that would free up an Ipswich spot. So then I would just have. Yang on the bench either way yeah. so like i'm not doing two keeper transfers so like yeah, yeah. i can't i can't see a situation unless i overhaul that i take it him out actually or if jeepers yeah. keepers comes up in the second set i would probably sell yeah, him but that's like it just waste. i probably will have a different <laughs> team by then yeah yeah so it's, it's not a priority for me at the moment but yeah i can see yeah what i think mean. yeah if you have a transfer to burn uh and not have any injury issues related to your team, then certainly you can do it. If you're on a wild card, and certainly do not pick Dieng now to play overhaul. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'm seeing Dieng bench much more than I was seeing Dieng uh, at the start of the season. So yeah, he got more points this week than uh, Ladki, so he still can get something. Yeah, I mean that combination of. Ladki and Dieng, it doesn't look like it's a good decision from the start, but hopefully someone needs to get something about out of it. Hopefully performances improve. Mm. Yeah. The other Pareto team that started reasonably, I mean, in terms of style and looking like they can be comfortable in the division, is Plymouth. Um and I think we shouldn't sleep on Morgan Whitaker looking at his data. Obviously, he did quite well in the bonus. Um, yeah. And he has an average of, of 0.36 expected goals per 90, which is good. That's, you know, more than a goal every three games. And he's got similar expected assist numbers, which, which adds up to, to 0.66 expected returns per 90, which is very, very good to start with. And actually, Hardy is on about the same, but most of that is coming from um, expected goals and not assists, so maybe less fewer avenues, avenues to point. So Hardy's also done okay. Um, so that's quite interesting. I still think Whitaker's probably the better option. I think he's obviously uh, slightly better for minutes, better for bonus, and I would anticipate he would overtake hardy in those in those numbers um yeah it's difficult because obviously there's only three striker spots and there's there's obviously good premium options like perot and armstrong but for that one other um at the moment we're looking like we we don't want to go for an 8.5 sort of mid price one particularly with sergeant injured i think if sergeant was fit maybe we would but considering we're looking at your 
between sort of six and seven and a half. Whitaker is one of those that I would put in that bracket as as options alongside your broadheads, your Adam Eaters, um, yep. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts on Plymouth from you guys? I mean, it's a more general thought, but like I, <laughs> the third striker spot is like difficult because I, I can't see myself using it too much because I have five midfielders most of the time but I, I, can't, I, I kind of want that cheap <laughs> the forward anyway but I can't see a way to play him but yeah who's your third forward right now <laughs> Semedo but yeah. I, I want okay. to get rid of him uh, for either Whitaker or like uh, uh, Ipswich striker but it's I have so many good defenders and midfielders so it's that's super hard <laughs> to choose so you've been playing yeah, like three five two and four four two. Yeah, that's like what I've been doing. But it's easier. I feel like it's easier to bench defenders than forwards yeah. if I get one good. In case, in case of David, I think if you are not going to play your third forwards, but then don't don't go for Wichegov as a replacement for Semedo. Go for a much cheaper one who will not play week in week out because you don't want to leave too many points on your bench and get frustrated every week. Like you have in the at the same time, I'm I'm like not struggling not struggling for budget if I sell Castagna. So um, I could like have him on the bench, and when he has a good game, I can like sub one of my playing players out. I think that's a strategy as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's uh, a strategy. Yeah. yeah, that's a strategy. But if you're going for Vejeka, he's going to be involved in everything that Plymouth does because. Uh, so far in four games, everything that Plymouth does has gone through three players. That's Mumba, Hardy, and Whitaker. None of them has, uh, not other players haven't been mentioned much. These three players are are cut out of the rest. Maybe you can ask, uh, uh, say Hazard as well. But in terms of he's a goalkeeper, he's not your attacking option. But in terms of attacking option. Aziz can be another option as well, but he's slowly starting to get uh, forward. But if you're looking at Plymouth, uh, let's say Plymouth has home games coming up. You're going to bet on Betica scoring those goals. If you have other rest of the seven players, if you're not starting Betica, uh, then that's a transfer I would prefer not to do. Mm. But if you're going to start uh, having playing Betica as well, but... The reason I tell you that because you're gonna that fifth midfielder spot is currently occupied by Roe in your team, right? And you're mm. not gonna bench him. No, he. I, I. I'm not going to have him as my fifth. He will be my fourth. But like, yeah, it's a bit difficult. But because seeing the, how good Whitaker is, I feel like I should change my strategy to play three forwards. Yeah. Yep. Because he looks like such a good player, but. Yeah, I'll just have to get to terms with that. We'll always have a good player on the first bench, mm -hmm. but I think Whitaker should be a priority actually because he looks so good. And I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, it's difficult. I need a third striker. There's loads of good options as that third striker because you, I know you like Ugbo, and Ugbo is also six point one. So like that third striker, there's so many good options. There's Ugbo, there's Broadhead, there's Whitaker, and they're all six point one. For some reason, I thought Whitaker was more expensive, but he is only six point one. Then you've got but, Will Keane as well, who yeah. I probably wouldn't go for, and then Adamida at twenty uh, six point five. So like, there's loads of good options. 
Yeah, so uh, the, I, whoever you go, uh, however you go about it, you should probably have at least one of them, I guess. Yeah, I'd say so. Because they're so good. And I see very, very many that don't play their third striker, me included. So that could be like a mistake because we focus so much on the midfielders that can like be more like hit and miss actually than the striker that's like nailed and is the focal point of a team, even though it's like Plymouth is doing well, very well for himself and they have good games as well. So. I think I need to have to think about this actually because I don't want like to miss out on good points even just because I default to a different formation that doesn't allow it. I think going into the season, I was expecting um, the the best third striker to be actually a mid price striker, like a, a seven and a half to nine, and it's not turned out that way at all. The only one that would have been probably a popular pick is Sargent before his injury. Um, and right now it is looking like the value can be found in these cheap strikers over and above your 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 kind of players like your Sims, your Nisbet, Bradshaw, um, all these kind of mid-price strikers that are, are looking a bit inconsistent. So, um, yeah. And I wonder if we'll, we'll get to a point, if, there is, if there's ever a point where Piro and Armstrong are both become non-options for whatever reason, be it injury or something else, um then maybe we'll end up having two of them and, and pumping a lot of money into the midfield um that could sure. be, could become valid it's, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it develops i think for now you probably do and you just want one cheap cheapy but um maybe the leeds mids are back on the menu and and we need a couple of them who knows we'll see um yeah, yeah. interesting um last thing before questions i think we should talk about is probably just a bit of Leicester because Leicester have good options but they've not been as free scoring as we perhaps expected them to be they've won all four games by a single goal um so they are they're doing the job but you know Jewsby Hall we all know about him and we all know he's 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 um essential but I'm perfectly happy to just have Jewsby Hall at the moment um do you what do you guys think do you guys think there should be... I mean, do you have Mavididi? Because I, I personally think Mavididi is slightly overrated. I think he's okay, but at nine, <laughs> at nine, I'm not. I'm really not. Yes. Yeah. I, I do have him, but that was <laughs> just like a bit of a vibe pick for me because I was like excited for him coming to the league and I've like played with him in FIFA and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I'm thinking about getting him out for a Leeds midfielder, I think. It mm. seems like a lot more better value for that much money anyway mm. just like Noto and are the same and uh, since they're also are the same price basically so they mm. seem better even though Leicester are good but not at the moment as good as Leech could be I guess it's a bit mm. it's a bit risky both going both ways but like yeah yeah I mean in terms of from Leicester's perspective what frustrates me most is that they're leaving it way too late to see for that winning goal I mean that's making me frustrate a bit for that Leicester second pick I only own KDH but for the second I really want to own because looking at those fixtures that they have in the next 10 but they really frustrates me uh, because they're scoring goals what in after 85 plus minutes in the last three games I guess that's not uh, saying much. Uh, they haven't been able to gel up well. They're saying that they haven't been able to gel up well. So 
it's really hard uh, to pick that second spot. I know everyone has going gone to Ricardo or maybe Didi, but I still don't feel like investing on any of them until I see a consistent run of games where I see Leicester performing well. So I'm happy with KDH so far. I'm, I'm not going to that. It's it's a necessity to double up. Mm. I'm not going on to that route. So something to think about from both Leicester's perspective and from Agapa's perspective. That they're leaving way too late. And every time that the last goal scored is a different one. Cassidy scored last week. Maybe he scored the earlier week. KDA scored the earlier week. So it's really tricky. I mean, uh, yes, I mean, only in game week four, I think, Leicester assured of the points, I think, within the 80-minute marks. Mm. Uh, is scoring both the goals uh, early in both halves. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wait and watch for me for the second Leicester yeah. spot. Yeah, I agree. I can see myself owning Doyle in the future. Like he's the sort of player I'd put in in an overhaul because he's because of his decent bonus record. But from a defensive defensive standpoint, they're no more solid than other other teams a lot at the moment. Um, yeah, Mavadidi is the sort of player who I, he can return any game, but he can also I think go a bit missing um, and not show up well on on the bonus side of things. Makatia, I'm gonna keep an eye on just because he's six, and if he's if he's gonna be nailed. And yep. is going to look like he's going to be, um, you know, chipping in with goals and, ass- and assists like he did, obviously against Rotherham. Then obviously he could be a very good option. But um, I suspect, I suspect his minutes are a bit of a, a question mark. So um, you know, I, I wouldn't jump on him now because he, just because he got a brace against Rotherham. But he's one for the watch list. And Ian Acho, I mean, the striker spots are weird. Like, Ian Acho is the sort of striker I'd expect to tear up the championship. He's that good, but mm. nothing yet. Yeah, and the point where you said, Abshek, uh, about like them scoring late, that's not going in his favor because mm. he's been served up of at 67, 76, and 59 the last three games. So even if he, if the Leicester score a goal in the game, he's probably not on the pitch for it. Mm. Yeah. Did you see that? doing just enough to win yeah they're not I guess not to... not top tier sides either like less um, Rotherham and Cardiff and Huddersfield like they're just edging it uh, so that like it's not yeah. looking so good actually mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting they're some new players so they probably just need some type of gel I mm-hmm. think they're still like top promotion candidates but not right now uh, yeah. for Gaffer yeah. I guess yeah, they have, as I said, they haven't yet quite gelled yet. Uh, I think international break, after international break, we will see a new Leicester side that's much more cohesive in between that side. They're going to good attacking runs, score goals. So, yeah, uh, it's a wait and watch for me as of now, but KDH, it's enough for me. Yeah, cool. Right, let's go into questions. I think we've had a few come in. Yeah, um, actually, lots of questions came in uh, like lately. Um, so we have some questions. Um, I can take the first one from Billy Hadway. Um, one, he has two questions actually. Uh, one, optimal bench setup this season with the emergence of Rowe, are we seeing a shift towards playing five in midfield and sacrificing two, one of the forward spots? So you can answer that uh, first. Interesting question. I think 
I mean, I would say... I would say have... Probably a bit of flexibility in there to sometimes play 3-5-2 and sometimes play 3-4-3. So have Rowe as your fifth midfielder and have your cheap striker. And one of probably have one of them on the bench each each week is probably probably optimal. I'm not in that position yet because I still have James, but I will eventually sell James. So I, I I envisage so like for me personally, for my team, I envisage my favoured bench strategy to get to eventually would be my I've got Kakai as my four point defender and I actually think he's he's a better option than I first thought in game week one because QPR are a little bit more solid. Um so Kakai plus a midfielder that's either row or let's say I've got another like six midfield six million midfielder like rotating depending on the fixtures, so like my fourth and fifth mid. Um and the cheap striker. So, so you are going to pivot uh, to like no. always having three defenders and not like more, even though they are so good for bonds and stuff. I've not explained that very well. Sorry, um, I've just I've also got like obviously four play. I think I've got four playable defenders plus Kakai, and sometimes I'd play. Th- I'd often play three depending on the fixtures. So, so actually, the more I think about it, it's, it's becoming clear now. I might edit some of this out. <laughs> okay, can I start my answer again? I'm going to start my answer again. Yeah. And edit it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the bench that I can see myself moving towards is I've got four four playable defenders and Kakai, and Kakai would almost always be on the bench. In fact, he'll always be on the bench, but he's okay as a bench option at 4.0 because QPR aren't as bad as we kind of first thought. And then I see the other two options being two from my f- like a fourth defender based on fixtures, Um my fourth and fifth mids and my cheap striker so two of two of those four would be benched and i think having that flexibility and being able to rotate between the fixtures is probably going to be good this year i think we'll have the budget to do so um so it would be like kakai and then two of row maybe like a six six and a half mid broadheads and like my worst of my other defenders like key or ranking costello or whoever's got the worst fixture so that's me yeah, I think for me, it's I have I always stick with four midfield players. So my fifth would one will always stay on the bench, and it will be a playing bench. Uh, I mean, he's gonna uh, chip in with a defensive midfielder per se. So currently, I have Luongo uh, of Ipswich uh, in that fifth midfield spot, and I don't think I will change unless I play midfield dynamos. Then I uh, will think about changing. Apart from that, he will forever stay in my bench. As Joe mentioned, my fifth defender spot will be a will be like, uh, for example, Kakai as well. I have Bagan who is not in the team. Uh, he will become a four million defender soon, and he will be a playing defender, but will always be on the bench as well. So the only rotating one will be one whether I rotate with my defenders, whether I rotate with my forwards. That's the optimal thing that's to me. So it, my forward of, uh, third forward spot is not sacrificed in that way. And I'm also not sacrificing my third defender spot. So that's my optimal way of thinking or, or playing the gap for this, this season, at least after seeing the four games. So for me, it's I'm not sacrificing... Uh, my one midfield spot for my forward spot. 
I can make myself clear. Hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just looking at the team I like want now. Um, I'm, I can like see that there will always be like six players that I will want to play every week, like Dusbury Hall, Rose, Hara, probably Nanto, Pro, and Armstrong. So those I can play even if I play three four three or three five two. So, but the thing I'm like wondering about going forward is like where will I make my gains if those are like not moving from my team or to my bench or anything? Will the players that I like rotate in my side be the fifth midfielder or third striker? or like defenders because then the, I will probably like have to bench the ones I buy because there's no no place to put them in. So I'm, I'm not like sure. It's like, am I only getting gains for my captaincy picks? That could be like most weeks very template. So I'm not sure if this, if uh, doing that is a good way to go about it. But like there's so many players in my team that I feel like I can't bench like yeah. no weeks <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. a bit difficult so I, I understand why i asked that question because it's the difficult uh, situation mm. yeah definitely mm. okay second question from billy uh now that sergeant is out is ida or barnes a better grapher asset you can just say that quickly i think uh, ida is better because it's cheaper yeah, yeah. yeah me too uh, yeah both of them will go... start, but i think ida will yeah. want to be I think he's got more avenues to points as well. I think he he can get assists as well. That's good. Very good. Okay, so next question is from Angus. Uh, He says, which player linked with the transfer away do you hope most stays with their club? Uh, That's the first question. He has two as well. Hmm. I think Iannaccio for me. That has... uh, I mean, the transfer rumors have quite quietened down a bit, but that's the only person that I think uh, I don't want uh, now leaving so close to the transfer window. Personally, from Grapple's perspective uh, and from Leicester's perspective as well, because they will then need a striker because Vardy will not be available to play 90 minutes every week. So they need an archer there. And I am hopeful that he will stay now. But who knows? I don't have any strong opinions, personally. I would have said Teller, but obviously he's gone now. Um, mm. But honestly, I don't have any strong opinions. Um, and yeah, Teller is the one I would have said. I, I do really like him, and it would be good to have him as a fantasy option in 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 the league. But I'm, I can't say I have any particular similar feelings towards anyone else. So. Yeah. I would say... Um, yeah, maybe that. But uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> now that uh, the Leeds midfielders are back in uh, back in contention, I would hope they just stay because they, <laughs> if it's a good vibe now, then suddenly they get sold again. It's like back to square one. So it'd be good for the Gaffer would... game, wouldn't it? If Nonto and Sinistera were options, yeah, were we, options. we need some cheap, no, no uh, expensive players in the game because. <laughs> It makes a bit for uh, some interesting decisions, so yeah. not like just switching between the cheap players that we all already have. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope they stay. Uh, second question: And which realistic player do you th- do you hope a championship club signs before the deadline? So realistic, not like <laughs> the dream transfer, but like who do we think could sign? Hmm. Who's realistic? 
good question. Mm. So it could be anyone maybe. like not, not like linked as well. But. Uh, maybe Keenan Davis. Mm. I think Hull were looking to sign him. He might be a good option mm. in the championship because he's not going to get started at Aston Villa. So it might be time for him to get a move. Yeah, he needs mm, to get especially. minutes under his belt, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. If he goes there, then I think Hall is, is making something special as well. So he could be like the the final piece that can make their attack very good. They have Twine, they have uh, Tufan, they have uh, Saeed Mahanesh when he's back. Um, yeah. And the lap as well. So, yeah, they, and the Superman. They have so many players. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he's like a target striker, I think, isn't he? Yeah. It would be good to see Tom Cannon get some more championship experience under his belt, I think, from, from an Everton standpoint, um, whether it's at Preston or somewhere else. Um, so maybe I would say him, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, nice. Next question from Ronred9. Have you looked at optimal weeks to play boosts for those still packing three? Yeah, so not not those weeks that's, that's already gone basically, uh, but looking forward, <laughs> I see some people talking about playing uh, boost this week and coming weeks. So, do you have an idea? Yeah, I mean, gimmick five is the obvious one because we have been talking about it a lot, and it's quite tricky because from six to fifteen, one team has a decent fixtures, the other two don't have decent fixtures. They have tough fixtures, so. It's really going to be those who have three boosts left. They have to think about it before playing the boosts because there is no clear-cut weeks that stand out. At least to me, I don't see maybe game week 11, apart from game week 5, you can say, but uh, that's decent for one team. The players that you have from the other teams, that's not being, uh, that's not decent for them. So you have to I think really bit now see uh, how the teams that you have players from really performing in the next few weeks if you are going to let's say if you have decided to say play at a certain week then consider the rest of the week how your players starts to perform then you can be sure because there is no clear cut option so it's going to be hard now yeah I think it's really tricky as someone who's not played any moves yet and I haven't. This hasn't been how I've been in previous seasons, but this season I've really felt like, if in doubt, don't play a boost and wait for more information at the start of the season. Mm. Um, I did think about triple triple in game week four and didn't. And one of the things I've realised it's really tricky is like midfield dynamos. I think this upcoming game week might be the best opportunity to play midfield dynamos in the rest of this set. I'm not sure anything is gonna gonna match it because obviously double Norwich mids you want a good Norwich fixture when you've got two of them so you've got Sarah I've got Sarah and Rowe and they've got Rotherham um with Southampton playing Sunderland away Armstrong is a less attractive captain option and obviously Leeds have got Sheffield Wednesday and and Leicester have got Hull now if you've got Mavididi that makes it even more attractive to you this week um and I'm looking at this and thinking I could do Teller and James out for minus four and play midfield dynamos this week um but this is the thing in terms of waiting for more information 
if I wait, I might know whether Nonto or Sinistera is the best option. I, I honestly feel like I could get that decision very wrong if if I if I played the boost and then it's more costly. So yes. I'm torn about midfield dynamos, and it's also a week that could be really good for triple triple with Pirro, Sara, and Juicy Hall. So um, you know, if I didn't play midfield dynamos, I'd also be very tempted by triple triple. The other week that's good for triple triple is game week eleven. Oh. Um, as you mentioned, Abishek. So, but then because then you can play arms, you can do Armstrong at home to Rotherham and and maybe Pirro and someone else um those are the two standout weeks for me at the moment part of the bus i've not really thought about to be honest um so i'm not going to say anything on that for now but I, that's the third beast i'm going to play that's for sure uh, i think before we move on just read, i think cardiff and watford do have games in 11 i think they play each other uh it's been blank in the Gaffer website, picture website. But I'm still not sure what the deal is with that, but yeah. Final question from yeah. FPL Mastro 1. So I sold Perot to Sergeant. Is it possibly a good idea to immediately reverse that move? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, feels, it, it feels awful, doesn't it, when that happens? Because mm. you're like, I've wasted two transfers. And you, I, I know I would feel tempted to go somewhere other than Perot because it feels wrong, because you're almost like admitting the mistake to yourself in your mind. But yeah, go back to Perot. It's, it's, yeah, like, it's an interesting yeah. like, psychological thing. But yeah, yeah you, it's, if you think that's a good idea, you shouldn't like be too proud to do it. Yeah, and I've, but... I've, been, I've been like that many times in fantasy games, and yeah, it's all, that. almost every time it's a bad idea to not do it. Uh, yeah, so the only silver lining that there. you can, yeah, the only silver lining that you can get is that sergeants for twelve points, so you get two points more than Piro. So that's a win-win situation. So you don't have to feel bad for yourself mm-hmm. uh, that he got injured. But yeah, yeah, it's bad luck. I mean, he he did only yeah. get eight points though. I don't know if someone vice captained him, but he, he got eight points. But yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, eight points. Yeah, I vice captain. So yeah, yeah. 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 But <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It wasn't a big difference. So yeah, yeah that's two points just. So yeah, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, After and because he's injured now, it's like yeah. if he wasn't injured, it would be like a bit, a bit worse. But now he's injured, you have a yeah, not yeah, an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's all the questions. Cool. All right, let's have a look at our plans for for game week five so david yours is up first what are your initial thoughts and plans um yeah i'm i'm not <laughs> sure because i uh i'm looking at like making at least two transfers transfers um so the the thing i was thinking about was going mavididi and um the other guy was uh, lusa because there was like some something like uh, that the manager said about like discipline or something. Yeah, Lu- I think loser will come back in and start the next game. I think it was just like a one-time disciplinary thing. Mm, um, yeah. So I don't think there's a problem there, long term. But, yeah. but it, would, it would be like to free up funds to get uh, Nonto for Mavididi. But I'm also like thinking should I also get uh, Whitaker for Semedo for a hit, like because I just want him in my team, but. I'm not sure if I should wait or but 
if I do, I will get the big mention to them as always. Uh, so, and I want to play for defenders this week. I want to play Ashby because I have I had him in the starting eleven game with one and two, and bench three and four. So like I've done it all the way wrong, and now I want to start him <laughs> against Bristol. <laughs> and so, uh, now that Manning has given me lots of recency bias, I don't want to bench him. Uh, Davis is unbenchable, I think, and Mumba is playing at home to Blackford. So Blackford, so I, I, I don't know what to do actually. <laughs> at least know my uh, captain's captain is probably Armstrong and Perot and I, I like I was thinking maybe Rowe but I'm not sure mm-hmm. I wish I played triple triple this week and not last week uh, but yeah um, it's a strong team David I like it yeah I'm happy with it but like it's almost a bit too strong <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no my team's too good <laughs> oh. The tragedy, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure something out, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> lux- it's a bit like uh, luxury problems in my yeah. club at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it. All right, Abhishek. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, so two issues there are in my squad. One, Tell has left the club and Sergeant's injury. Uh, I might, uh, the move that I will be doing, I'm Sadly, I'm not being able to do the row move, uh, but I will sell Tela for Gnoto, I think, because I'm inclining towards playing a boost in game week five, uh, because I'm not going to get another decent week to play a boost, because I have to have to see what plans that I have to make according to it, because there are certain players that are that might get injured, that are not injured now, and might drop off in form, might get in, in so. Game week 5 looks like a decent week to play the boost with the squad that I have. The 11 that's going to start is Hazard in goal, Mumba in defense, Davis and Manning. Uh, if Sargent is out, then Ranking Castello will come in, who is the first on my bench. Uh, the midfield four is from Jair, Sarah, Jewsbury Hall. Uh, Tela will become Gnoto. Uh, and the three four, uh, two forwards, Peru and Broadhead, are assured of starts. If Sergeant is indeed injured, we haven't got full reports, but if Sergeant is too injured, then ranking Castillo So I will play traditional 4-4-2. My general consensus of the boost is triple-triple because now which player all the room leads play with Sheffield Wednesday and I have plump players to punish those two teams. <laughs> really good players to punish those two teams. So triple-triple is on the cards for me to play. Uh, I haven't decided it fully, but Looking likely that I'm going to play that boost. Uh, my three captains will be Piro, Gnoto, and Sara. Hmm. So, yeah, that's me for Game of Five. Cool. And here's me. Um, whatever I choose to do, it will involve selling Teller to a Leeds midfielder, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I've got to work out. Yeah, I think the first decision is midfield dynamos or not. Um, because as I said before, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure if it's going to be a better week to do it. Um, but more information. I still feel like I want more information. Um, so I'm not sure. So that's the first decision. And then if I decide not to play midfield dynamos, then it's do I play triple triple or not? Which again feels like it could could go either way at the minute. So I, I'm not sure where I'm going to land on the boost discussion, but I'm pretty sure it's going to involve Teleton onto or Sinistera. And if I play midfield dynamos, I will obviously be upgrading James to someone. I've got four million in the bank currently, so. Um, I've got Ooh. lots of money to play with, um, and again, that could feed into my 
you know, decision of non-two versus Sinistera. If I do go for midfield dynamos, maybe I'll go for Sinistera to get the fifth midfielder I want for a bit more money. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure yet where where I'll land on all of that, and it's going to require some thoughts. Um, if I do not play midfield dynamos or triple triple, I will probably captain Perot, vice captain Sara emergency at Dewsbury Hall, I think, probably. Um, yep. Yeah, see, Mitchell Dynamos requires a minus four and benching Broadhead, so that's that's the thing. That's the tricky thing with it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I just thought of something. If, if I get Whitaker in addition to those, those two players, I will have it difficult to play him, but if mm. I play Goldfest, I can, <laughs> I can Goldfest, bench one of them. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, uh, I'll also have to decide which fourth defender I want to play, because I've got yeah, hmm. Manning's obviously Manning, but he's got the toughest fixture, and then the other three have got decent fixtures. But yeah, that's another decision to make. And I'm also not sure whether I'll play Dieng or Ledecky. <laughs> but we'll see. All right, that is everything. Any final final words from you guys? No, I think we've covered most of it. Uh, uh, I think, oh, uh, we finally have won uh, Thursday Night Wars uh, for Game Week 4, so that. Yeah, off the board in the winning column. Yes, yes, that is nice. We will give a full standings update this week before game week five yeah. gets underway. Um, yeah, who's winning our mini league so far, David? Do you know? Uh, our mini league. Let's see. It's <laughs> your Madusbury Hall. That's a team name. <laughs> Alexander Rubin. Uh, fourth overall. He is uh, fourth overall, yeah. He played Goldfest this week. Nice, very good. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, so well done. See if you can keep it up. Um, only one boost played. Oh, no, two boosts played. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Many great scores. They're like 90s and 111 is the best one. <laughs> from not drag. Triple, triple. Yeah, triple, triple mm. on Manning. Bad lad. Oh, Fair play. That that's that is a successful triple triple. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. That's really good. That's really good. Very, very well done. <laughs> <laughs> that's so yeah. good. Yeah, and also uh, Pemberton did the same. Yeah. Manning. How, how are they coming up with this? That's crazy. No, that's a good decision, I guess. It's come yeah. off come off really well. Yeah. In terms of yeah. content plans, we may or may not do a game week five reactions video next week. Um, it is international break after the next game week, so it might be a good time for us to do a super league episode. Yep. Um, but we will obviously keep you guys posted, and we we will we will definitely be doing something during that that time. Cool. Is that everything? Yep. Yeah. yeah it's All right. In that case, it's time to say goodbye and see you next time. So goodbye from me. Namaste from me.